Hello, and welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contracts forward. My name is Neil Began. I'm a principal with our risk advisory services practice. And with me today is Eric Poppy, otherwise known as Pop, which you'll hear me refer to him as, I'm sure, during this podcast. Uh, Eric is a senior manager in Cherry Beckert's government contractor services group. For this podcast, we're going to continue our series uh, centered around CMMC. And today's focus will be on the new DFARS interim rule. And I'm excited because I actually get to ask the questions today and have Pop answer. So (laughs) thanks for joining me, Pop. Thanks, Neil. I'm glad that we get to do this next one. Excellent. Well, let's jump right into it. Obviously, there's an interim rule out. Um, We're going to cover that today in a couple different angles. But before we start, let's just talk about this interim rule that's really uh, doing a couple things, including implementing CMMC formally, uh, was issued on September 29th, 2020. Uh, can you give us kind of a general overview uh, on the rule itself? Yeah, happy to. So this rule is really broken into two different pieces. The NIST self-reporting, uh, NIST 800-171 um, assessment requirements, and then the actual rollout of Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certificate, or CMMC, um, that framework itself. So I'm going to go into some DFARS clauses here, so bear with me. It relates to DFARS clauses 252-204-7019, Notice of NIST SP 800-171 DOD Assessment Requirements. DFARS clause 252-204-7020, NIST SP 800-171 DOD Assessment Requirements. Um, that both those clauses now need to be implemented um, into contracts by December 1st. So as I said, this is broken up into two pieces. The first piece is this 800-171, the self-reporting. So what that is, is that this is an update to the reporting requirements that were previous that are supposed to address the gaps or flaws of the self-reporting previously. Um, Now we're implementing, now this interim rule is implementing new scoring criteria that in short seems to be ranking controls of 110 you're meeting and have implemented. So there are going to be three different assessment levels, a basic, a medium, and a high. Um, the assessment is good for three years. Um, and the interim rule goes into detail about that methodology. So when these assessments are done, the, um, it, the basic assessment is a self-assessment, actually. You're actually supposed to then submit it to a government-run database which is the Supplier Performance Risk System, SPRS, um, and contracting officers are supposed to be monitoring that for compliance with your submissions. Um, So, you know, in short, if you're going after a new award or there might be a new task or option year, the contracting officer will go into the database and check to say, hey, did they submit, do they have an active assessment? Um, So the thing though, and a lot of people ask, well, about my subcontractors, the, the NIST um, DOD assessment requirements don't address any flowdowns. So, yeah, that one, that one we're going to have to wait for more guidance on. So when it comes to CMMC, the second piece that's in a rule, um, it really is the rollout of the, of the CMMC requirements, um, which, of course, is supposed to impact the entire defense industrial base by 2025. You know, the, goes into talking about the certificates uh, need to be submitted to the same SPRS database. Um, it's also good for three years. Um, once fully implemented, contracting officers can't make a contract award 
um, or have a new uh, option year without a current certificate. Um, you know, it's very, then a lot of the information in the rule is really similar to what you've covered in our last podcast um, and discusses the different levels of one through five and five being the most robust requirements. Um, the clause, this part of the interim rule does address mandatory flow downs to subcontractors. Um, and that's, this is outlined in DFARS clause 252-204-7021. Now the kicker with that is, is that the prime contractor is the one that gets to determine that subcontractor level of one through five. So that's, I'm sure there'll be additional guidance that comes out from there. Yeah, and that always has been interesting. You think about it, whether or not it would come from the government specifically uh, at, at a single level across the contract, and they kind of dispelled that myth uh, fairly early on in the different iterations when they were coming up with CMMC over the last year plus. Um, but now that it is, you know, basically the determination, as you mentioned, of the prime, uh, let's just say we'll, we'll, I'm sure, create for some interesting, uh, maybe an interesting uh changes to the landscape over the next year or two in terms of how primes are assigning those given levels based on what the subcontractor is doing and what in fact they are adhering to when assigning those levels definitely makes for uh, an interesting uh, rollout of this new program um and a lot of what you mentioned pop you know with the surroundings still kind of based around uh nist 800-171 and those 110 key controls uh, that have been around since DFAR 7012, and I'm just going to truncate at this point because there's so many numbers in between, so we'll just call that one 7012, should be familiar for a lot of folks that have been operating in this environment. However, even now where we are in the provisional period of CMMC, uh, as Cherry Beckert as a provisional assessor, and we're talking to companies that, that have not done anything previously um, with 7012 for a number of reasons. One, they could be new to market. Uh, two, they could have uh, taken other priorities as a result or did not take the self-assessment seriously. So it's, it sounds like they're really trying to trying to get some teeth into the self-assessment uh, process in addition to kind of uh, aligning with, with CMMC. So along that, um, you know, who conducts, you mentioned the supplier performance risk um, system assessments, the SPRS or SPEARS, I've heard it called, who's conducting these assessments and how would these differ from the assessments by a certified CMMC assessor? So there are two completely different things that go to the same system. So the basic assessment for NIST 171 uh, is performed by the contractor themselves and then the contractor would submit them to uh, to S too many acronyms right now. I'm going <laughs> just SPRS. <laughs> But, um, and then the medium and high would actually be a post award assessment. And that would be done by, determined by DOD and on uh, higher risk um, awards. And that would probably be done by some, by an agency like DCMA. Um, and those are based off more critical nature of the program. It would be in communication with the contracting officer. Um, so, and which I've already heard, you know, those have already been going on. Um, those, at, those types of reviews. Um, so then CMMC, those assessments, of course, are designated and done by specifically trained CMMC third-party assessment organizations or uh, C3PAOs. So that would be a third party coming in and doing that assessment, which gotcha. would again be three years. Yep. So two different things. Um, the way that I kind of, the guidance that I've read so far, uh, and there's more coming out all the time, is one seems to be more of a 
a check of the government to, are you trying to establish this state of, of, of compliance with NIST versus that CMMC assessment is more of, you have to have this to get the award with into the future, but there, there could be more guidance that comes out on that. Okay. And so um, we know about the timing that now that the interim, interim, excuse me, interim rule has been out that um, it will go live December 1st for all contracts uh, coming out after December 1st. And, and more recently, Katie Arrington mentioned uh, that there may be updates due to comments received during this interim period uh, that would be incorporated in possibly January, February timeframe. Any idea or thoughts on uh, what those updates could be? So most likely there'll be procedural type items. You know, it's easier to adjust the interim rule than go through the whole proposed rule and comment period process. Um, so, but within the interim rule itself, DOD actually asked for comment from small business from small businesses um, related to the requirement of the CMMC certificate. And when is that? Uh, when do you need to have that by? Is it before award? Is it at award? Or is it right after award? So they're trying, they are asking for comment there. Um, the issue with the post award need to have it in place is how do you then make sure that you're keeping up on compliance um, and that people actually did that. But um, so they are asking for comments and there probably will be some revisions. Gotcha. Okay. So much like, you know, we talked about the provisional period where we are now with CMMC, um, which is really designed you know to to get comments from both industry and the folks that are that are the provisional assessors um and give that feedback to the cmmc ab as well as really the dod um it's similar process here and, and i think you know the thought being specific to cmmc is that these changes will probably not um alter the actual framework uh, a lot. Um, you know, there may be administrative or execution, but a lot of this, a lot of what was designed or has been designed is in theory and now to see it in execution. Um, and here we are recording, uh, you know, early November and the CMCAB still does not list any company as a certified uh, C3PO, certified third party assessment organization um, that could conduct uh, in essence provisional assessments now. Uh, and then um, actual certifications here once the rule goes live. So be interesting to see all of these things kind of meet in the middle, if you will. Um, so one of the things is, uh, you know, I know we're bumping up on time here. I want to be sensitive to that. But based on this new rule, what should contractors start doing now to prepare for the go live uh, of December 1st? So very similar to what we have previously said, but again, understand your current contract mix, what agencies you work for, the type of work, is it commercial, is it not, or commercial type work versus not, um, and make sure to understand the level of requirements that are coming your way. So if you're unsure, talk with your program's office, understand, hey, does my contract fall under um, NISC and the CMMC, and what level potentially, uh, what type of information when it comes to controlled and classified information. Next, you know, if you've already keep implementing your plans that you already have, keep preparing for CMNC, um, try to resolve any major gaps as quickly as possible. Uh, the, the big reason why is so you don't delay the procurement process, either from the DOD assessment piece um, or from the CMNC piece. You know, you want to make sure you keep having those contracts come to the door. Um, 
you know, and then next is if you don't feel that CMMC or NIST requirements are really applicable to you, I would document the heck out of it of why you don't believe you meet these requirements or you don't need to comply. Because, um, you know, even GSA, even October, was discussing how they're incorporating cyber requirements into their CM, uh, in, in their cyber, their, excuse me, they're incorporating cyber requirements very similar to CMMC into their contracts. You know, this was, there's wording in the new STARS 3 contract that just came out this past summer to give some wiggle room for GSA to push down some of these requirements. So if you, um, there's discussion that if work is considered COTS items or under FAR 12 and then COTS, this isn't compliant, but there's definitely a gray area between what is commercial versus COTS. And if you have commercial item determination, so I would document the heck out of it if you don't need to, and um, be in contact with that program office. Excellent, thank you. So just to kind of sum up, Pop, uh, we've got the new rule um, has been interim and is expected to go live as of December first. Really broken down into two parts. One is the, uh, for lack of a better term, NIST 800-171 kind of enforcement of these uh, spears or self-assessments to, to end up in the um, spears database, the SPRS database, if you will, versus the actual enforcement of um, CMC certification by a third party. And so for folks that have been through uh, NIST 800-171 previously as a result of DFAR 7012 and have familiarity with the 800, uh, I'm sorry, the 110 controls within 800-171, um, uh, you certainly will, will have a probably an easier lift than, than others that are, are just kind of venturing down the path for the first time. Um, versus the CMMC part, it, depending on what level, uh, you know, you are thinking about becoming certified under, many are expected to be level one. As we know, there's only 17 uh, control requirements there, so a much easier lift from that perspective. But we wanted to uh, just kind of give you a, a high level overview on the interim rule as it stands now. Again, we're here at the, at the beginning of November and expected to go live here in a little less than a month. But uh, really want to thank you, Pop, for your insight today and, and letting me take a little reprieve from, from speaking so much. So appreciate that. And I'm sure the attendees do as well. Um, really want to thank everybody for tuning in to Cherry Beckert's Government Contracting Podcast Series focused on CMMC. For those that may have not uh, checked the first episode, where we delved a little bit more into the framework itself and some of the requirements. Uh, urge you to take a listen there. And certainly if you have any questions regarding CMMC and or any other government contracting matters, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Once again, for Eric Poppy and myself, thank you for attending and stay well.